just to be with uh, family and friends and, and uh, just uh, an awesome and amazing time. Well, this morning I, I've got a message for you and it's not going to take very long. And I, but I, I want us to look at some things today and I, I would be, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't telling you what we really believe God wants us to say, because this is a great time of year, and not everybody is, is happy about Christmas. Christmas can be a struggle for some because of things that have happened, and I get it. Uh, but we want to look at some things that, you know, our attitude so many times determines our attitude. How many believe that? And we, we've got to get through some stuff so that we can enjoy our life. I want to talk about, this specifically, it's called the Christmas list. And when I was a kid, anybody ever have to do lists? Oh, I need to know what your Christmas list is. And we would, you know, I'd make out the list. How many got everything on your list? Yeah, see, no hands are going. How many didn't even, why make one? You didn't get anything on it. Let's see those hands. Hey, I am not alone. All right. But it's good. God is just doing some wonderful things. So what is the list? What exactly is that? So a lot of times when we're understanding really why Christ came, and we find out this is the beginning, you know, we celebrate Christmas. I love the video. The kid's video. He's the best baby I've ever seen. There, I said it. You know, that guy's, I love that. It's just, it's so simple. But what a simple message, why he came. And that, you know, think about this. On the list, so to speak, we made that. God has put you on his mind and on his heart. And he provided a way that we could spend eternity with him. So on that time, everybody, you know, listen to this. Every day consists of 86,400 seconds. Every day consists of 1,440 minutes. There are 24 hours in every day. What do we do with that time? What do we do in the exchange we have with those minutes? We can work and we are actually exchanging whether we say money or not. But our time, you know, usually you get paid for where you're at. So you're exchanging what you're investing your time in or whatever you're doing. What do we do with that time? What do we value most? Sometimes it just comes down to the list. There are people out here I know in the sound of my voice that come springtime are garage sailors. You like to go, I mean, seriously, Marion has some huge garage sailors that they are just, my sister-in-law, she's awesome. And I'll say, hey, hey, did you see this one? She'll say, didn't make the list. I don't know what, you know, whatever's on her list, but she gets some prime stuff. She knows like, this is good, this is what, and all that stuff. I understand, I understanding that kind of thing, the list, the piece of paper that tells exactly what she's looking for, exactly the places she wants to go, or whatever we're wanting, so to speak, for Christmas. Our quest, if you are trying to find something for someone, you find out what they want, and your quest is to try to find that, that special gift, or, or whatever that is. And Nothing wrong with getting a great gift, nothing wrong with receiving a great gift. But the value is different to each person. Sometimes you get something and they they really valued it. It wouldn't do me a whole lot of good to get Kim like, hey, I got you the shotgun. Because she doesn't want that, but I want her to have that so I can use that. Lord knows we don't want her to use that. So the value is different and... You know, some people do things differently. Some people are the same amount of gifts are received. Everybody, and when your kids are little, that's a good thing, right? Because kids keep track. They do. If you're involved in Upward, we don't keep score. Kids do. And if you're honest, so do the, the adults and the parents. I mean, but still, we, we get it. But, you know, everybody in here got 12 gifts, you know, or whatever that is. And the kids are like, yes, I got 12. As they get older, we switch from that to we spent the same amount on everyone. 
They don't all get the same amount of gifts, but then we get them in that amount that we are spending what we can get them that they wanted. Does that make sense? So when they're older, they appreciate that. But everybody's value is different. We've said before, what is another man's junk could be somebody else's treasure. Sometimes it's just the value of what you place on that. What's important to one may not be as important to another. And as a culture, we put items on a, on a list and we are, we are a materialistic culture. Uh, we are raised in the commercial, you know, when I was a kid, it was always around a certain time of year and they still do it now. But we knew what we wanted for Christmas because the commercials were on. We got to see, oh, Hasbro's got a new toy or Tonka, you know, or whatever. Of course, some of you guys look Tonka, what? How many remember Tonka? Yeah, see, when I, all those, when we were growing up, you know, we just looked at commercials and here's what I want. What we do with what we have, the world's full of time wasters. Many times we're steered towards things instead of really real reasons and, and value behind that motivation and heart. I know in some things you do get what you pay for. If you're a dude in the place and you've got a tool from somewhere foreign country or something and you put it and you have to really put some screw lever on that and it bends the tool, you're going, how many dudes in here? But if you get one that was craftsman and you put that on there, that thing ain't bending and if it would bend, you get another one. So, you know, sometimes you do get what you pay for. Girls, when it comes to purses, I'll get you too comes to purses or shoes. You know, I just told my wife the other day, I said, hey, there's a, there's a place, or maybe it was Mal. I said, there's a place. You, they have, all their shoes are $39.95. This is the look I got. Yeah. I mean, guys, we can go in and get something for someone, but sometimes our perception of what, hey, it's what you want, is not really what they want. So, knowing all of that, there are there's those and, and, you know, maybe you've charged your Christmas and are still paying on last year's or the year before. How many know 90 days, same as cash isn't really 90 days, same as cash, they say. Or, hey, we know, no payment for five years, miss a payment and you get all the interest accrued. So we have to be wise. The enemy will steal our time and our finance. And that's what I want to talk about. Just he's going, he's after stuff just to take your life away. Stuff that you value. The real value is people. Now check this out. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, the enemy's out to just try to get you to either waste money or waste your time or, or not understand. There's some things that are more important than money. There's some things that just having time or having uh, just that connection between individuals or or family or friends that's worth more than you could put on that that phone call that card sometimes like oh that doesn't mean anything it might mean a lot more than you think this is huge so if you're i don't know if you're taking notes today but check this out if you're taking you want to write this down it's not about the gifts under the tree it's about the gift that hung on the tree I'm going to say it one more time. It's not about the gifts under the tree, but it's about the gift that hung on the tree. And the enemy is going after what you value most. Even, you know, you might not value some of the things other people value, but if he can steal the joy from your life, he can help keep you depressed, help keep you down. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you life. 
and give it to you more abundantly. Matthew 7, 8 says, For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So our first thought for this morning is this, ask. I know it's Christmas time, and so this is kind of why I picked this message. If you notice that each of these, ask, seek, and knock, the first letters of each of them spell the word ask, but, but understanding what we're talking about. There's nothing wrong with asking. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And it also says that we can ask amiss. Have you ever asked amiss? I know I have. It's one thing to ask for something. It's a whole other thing to be heard. Have you ever talked to someone that you've asked them something or you're talking to them and they're looking at you, but they're not really paying attention to you? You're just basically talking to a, a nod, but they're really their mind is somewhere else. We're afraid to ask for anything that we can't imagine for ourselves. Now, I want to just say for just a second, sometimes it's easy for us to see God do something for someone else. It's harder for us to see him do things sometimes for ourselves because we know ourselves. And, it, and we look at everything. We live in a, a multimedia society. If you look at Facebook, really, everybody is not that happy on Facebook. I mean, they're going to put their best stuff out there. And there's some that don't put their best stuff out there. But, you know, honestly, we look at some stuff and we go, you know what, God, I want some of those things to happen for me. I'm glad for them, but I can't see it happening for me. I I keep seeing that same scene over and over again, year after year. God, why doesn't that happen for me? Because we are afraid sometimes just to step out in faith. Can I say to you, my friends, that fear is not from God. The enemy wants to stifle your dreams and your desires. He wants to keep you contained first john 5 14 and 15 says we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him and since we know he hears us when we make our requests we also know that he will give us what we ask for that's a huge i love that scripture because it says not only does god hear us he does that now we're about to move into a new facility i mean that's three times this size we can see five six hundred people in one service that's pretty huge. And we're going to go to one service, actually, when we go over there. And when we fill that up, we're going to go to two. But I want you to hear some of this story. It just, it, we didn't even, I, I can't even tell you, this was on her list, and I was not aware of it. Seriously, I went to see someone, because it's what I do. They were in the hospital. I went to see them, and the person asked me, they said, would you be interested in, you think your church would want to buy the moose? To which I said, almost within maybe a three, four second delay? No. I just said, I I don't think so, but thanks. So I went home and I said, you never believe what somebody asked me today. So I told her and she goes, what? Yes, we're interested. We are? Oh, sure we are. Yes, of course we are. Going back to see her tomorrow. Tell her that. Yeah. Mm -hmm." No, actually, I said, really? She said, I've been praying for that for years. Now, listen. It was on her list. She had, we went by that building one, I don't know, midweek or something, and people were just filing in and out of there. And she said, God, could we have that building? We could put that building to use for your kingdom. And it could be busy like that for your kingdom. People could come in. She kept that to herself. And every time we'd go by, listen to me, every time we'd go by there, she would work the ground. Elbow your neighbor, make sure they're awake and say, she's working. 
She'd work the ground and she'd be saying, thank you, God. And she'd be saying, thank you. They brought that to us. So I went back the next day and I, I you know, I started praying that. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll pray. Went back the next day and I said, listen, you know, before I say no, let's go look at it. She said, I'll have him call you. And within a couple of weeks, uh, the administrator of the moose gave me a call and said, hey, you know, I'd like to. Are you interested? And I said, we do have some interest. I'd love to see it. Uh, when could you be available? I said, I, whenever, when do you want? And he said, how's 10 minutes? I said, okay. So I went over and here I went to high school with the guy. I don't know, Brian, are you here? Can't see. No. And he came here and got saved. And that he'd been coming here ever since. Well, I went to high school with him. I walked in, he goes, Brett. I said, Brian. And the next thing, you know, you know, so we were looking around and man, we just could feel God and we started dreaming and imagining i'd never been in there didn't really know you know the size of what we could do my point is this why are we afraid to ask why would the enemy want us not to have that because the kingdom would go forward here's our second thought for this morning seek once you ask are you really looking for it to show up she was looking for it she was working that ground she was believing and she was just standing on that particular prayer that she put on her list are you seeking for it to arrive are you looking mom and dad are you saying i need this loved one to come home i need them to come back to you then you need to it doesn't have to be a a building it can be a person father in jesus name and we start speaking the word and believing that see them back in your household see them there at holidays That's how things happen in the kingdom. Lastly, this morning would be knock. And this is kind of one of the tougher ones. Sometimes we, we want to see it. We can ask for it, but we, if we can't make that jump to see ourselves in that place. Now, we're looking at a full building today, but I'm telling you, I've seen this building full every week. And you might say, Brett, is it this full every week? No, it's not. We had two services. We met to one maybe, but still two. But I see it full because that's on my list. So you need to start seeing, seeing yourself having fun and seeing yourself doing things. I mean, there's so many things in my life I had to, I had to ask and I had to see them first. Are you with me this morning? You're going to have to see some things. You know, before I, you know, I was seeing myself, I, I got a grandbaby on the way. And this is what I was thinking. And it started making me think. And, and, you know, Kim had been after me. I need you to get healthy. I need you to get healthy. I want to keep you around, keep you around. So in about four months, I lost 65 pounds, had to see myself skinny again. And I'm still not after Christmas. I am going to eat today and tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. And if anybody tries to stop me, you're going to make my list. <laughs> you better get yourself back there. I'm having me some gravy. <laughs> anyway, I'm going, to, I'm going to drop some more weight because I'm not exactly where I want to be. But it's okay. But listen, the journey started when, from asking. Then it started from seeing. And this is what you have to understand. You see, faith is all about, instead of seeing is believing, believing is seeing. In other words, if I ask, just like First John said, then I know he heard me, then I start seeing what I ask for. Come on, somebody. If I can start seeing it, then I can start believing my faith now is getting released to what I'm already seeing. 
So I pulled out some thin pictures. I looked at that, you know, because you know you need to lose weight when you get on the scale and the scale says one at a time, please. But anyway, I pulled out some thin pictures and said, wow, I don't remember being that thin. And I had to get myself in a mindset of what I really wanted. Check this out. You got to start when you're asking and you're looking. Now you're going to start knocking. You're going to start putting your hand to it. Your why has got to be the reason why you do what you do. If you don't have a big why, you won't last. Did you know that how many have ever made a New Year's resolution? Me too. Do you know over 80% of New Year's resolutions are fizzled out by February? Before the end of February, they're... And it's, and it's not because they're not good. It's not because we didn't want them to happen. It's because we really didn't value our why. If we could value our why. And we start thinking about, why did Jesus come? So you and I could live forever with him. So that we could experience life, but not just like everybody else. But if we all get in with God, we can experience life in a better way. Will stuff still happen? You betcha. Because life happens, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust. But what I'm telling you is with Christ, you can get through those things. You have a support system, you have your why, and you have people that will help you and believe with you and see things with you and agree. So now we're talking about knocking, putting our hand to something. We release our faith and our situation that we're believing for and things change. You see, when Kim began to work the ground for that building, she'd go by and I I would look and she's just saying things. Not, I can't really, it's not that she's afraid to tell me or anything like that. This was something that was a personal thing that she just was believing. God, I want to see something in this city. I want to do something. God, help us to do something. And so she would work that ground. That's putting her faith with that. Not just with the asking and the seeking. She's already begun to see the parking lot with, with you all's cars in it. One of the best teachers in life, though, is failure, isn't it? If you don't do it right, you got to figure out how to do it right so that then you can not go through the don't do it right part again. They asked Thomas Edison all, you know, thousands of times he tried to create the light. Well, they said they were giving him a hard time. And, he, and this is his response is pretty much like this. I just found out how it didn't work so I could find out how it did. What do you do with failure? You can take failure and you can let it bury you guys. You can let it push you down. You can let failure be like, that'll never happen for me. What happens then, and when we do that, that's why we see the same scene every year. But if I could encourage you to get your why to be different, I could encourage you to put your hand to something and say, you know what? I found out that this way is not the way to go. I found out that Siri doesn't know everything. I can ask Siri some things and she'll say, I'm not permitted to tell you that. And I'm like, yes, you are. You ever tell Siri she's stupid? She goes, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or find myself arguing with my phone. That's kind of, I don't know, maybe not so good. But we do get many times what we ask for. We go in the direction what we're looking at. If we continually look at things that are not good for us, that's the direction we tend to steer. If we look in the opposite is true, if we look at things that are good, we tend to go that way. We start hanging around with people that have good things and they have good things to share with us and we can share with them. We start getting ourselves better. Come on. 
You start understanding you are valuable instead of looking at yourself. This will never happen to me. That it probably won't if you keep that attitude. You've got to start declaring that you are a king's kid. God has got you for better things than what you've experienced. What you've been asking for and looking for isn't coming to you unless you go get it. I want you to hear me really quick, and I'm almost finished with this, so this is what I want you to understand. The disciples, remember the feeding of the 5,000? This is the same principle. Think about ask, seek, and knock. Well, everybody wants to eat. What are we going to do? Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And they're like, uh, that's a lot of food. We got five loaves and two fish. We basically got a long John Silver's meal right here. And he says, that'll work. So they bring it to him. He prays over it. He confesses it. He breaks it, gives it back to them and says, now go give it out. Tells them what to do. Seats them in groups of 50. Now, I want you to hear what I'm trying to tell you. The miracle didn't happen in Jesus' hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. Read the account, but this is what happened. They had to go give that out. You're going to have to do, and then they had to pick up the fragments. Twelve baskets, according to the word, was left over. That's a lot. One basket might not seem like much, but twelve would be huge. If we would put our hand to some stuff, if we would believe enough in ourselves and believe enough in what God has told us and step out in faith, we would find ourselves in a whole different light. Our wives would become like, wow, this works. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. There's stuff that God has told me that I'm like, are you kidding me? God, if I do that, people will be like, uh, you are, you're not right. People are going to think what they're going to think no matter what. But I mean, one of the first things I did, one of the first times God had me pray for someone, I was just, I was, oh, God, I don't want to do that. And he kept telling me again. And people would always ask me, how did he tell you? There was no big, hi, Brad, how are you? I want you to pray for people. It wasn't like that. And there wasn't somebody holding cue cards in the back. I just had this impression in my mind and in my heart that said, you need to, somebody here needs their eye. I want to, they're blind and I want to heal them. I want you to call that out. And I'm like, I don't want to call that out. And he's saying, you need to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm uncomfortable doing that. Because if that doesn't happen, what am I supposed to do? And it's just silence. But if that doesn't happen, what am I supposed to do? If that doesn't happen. So I'm like, all right. So this is what I did. I said, I, you know, I, somebody, Somebody's here and they can't see very well. And, you know, basically you're blind and, you know, God wants to heal you. I may not have been quite like that, but I just said that. And then the Lord, you know, nobody moved. I mean, like cricket. And I'm like, and what happens if nobody comes? And so I just went. Then he goes, she's on your right side. So I said, and it's a lady and she's over here. And then everybody on this side was like, and there are people all around there all looking at each other. And there's, you know, people turn around and guys are going, I ain't a lady. So don't look at me. <laughs> so finally, then, then he said she's in like the fifth row. Now, I had never had this happen to me before. So I said, you're about five rows back in. And this older woman gets up. And she comes walking. She makes her way out. And if you've ever seen Carol Burnett and Tim Conway, this is what's going on. She's got a, she's blind. She's got a cane and she's got somebody helping her. 
and she walks clear up front. And now I'm, I'm, I mean, if I've ever, the only times I can remember my palms ever really feeling real sweaty was like right then and my first time I kissed Kim. <laughs> I was really nervous. So I was just like, oh man, and, and here she comes. So now I'm thinking, this is just like I said. Now listen to what I'm just saying. This is just like I said. He told me, I said it, it's happening. Are you getting that? So then she comes out and she comes up front. Kim is sitting with a friend of ours and she said, I didn't know he did that. And Kim goes, first time. <laughs> so kind of like Mr. Miyagi. I'm like, wax on, wax off. I got no idea what's going on right now. Like, okay. So this is what I did. I, I put my hands like this over her eyes and I don't remember the exact prayer I said. I just said something like, you know, Father, you, you've asked this woman to come up, you know, restore her sight or something like that. Took my hands, and when she, when I looked at her, when I put my hands over there, she had, her eyes were all cloudy and gray. Like, you know, it's just like, like they weren't clear. They were just all milky. And, uh, and I took my hands off, and her eyes were crystal clear. And I remember I probably was the first one to go, <laughs> like, oh man! And she, and this is what she did. She turned around and, and true Tim Conway form, I can see! <laughs> And then everybody in the place, like that. And then you'd be amazed. And everybody, oh, would you pray for me? I just want you to pray for me. Because then people will be like, wow, this stuff really works. Listen to me. You got to ask. You got to seek and see what you're asking for. And start asking if what you're asking for is in the, is it in the Lord's will. Sometimes we ask for stuff and we do ask amiss. God, I need four Mercedes Benz. No, you do not. Quit doing that kind of prosperity garbage. Let's, God, you know what value is in the kingdom? People. That's what, that's what God values most is you. Start saying, God, help me be an impact on people. Help me not only ask, but if I'm asking, I know you're hearing, so I can start seeing this in my mind. I can see those things. That's not wrong to have material things, so you just can't have things have you. It's not wrong to have a nice house. It's not wrong to have a nice car. What I'm asking you is this. Ask God, what could you have me do? What could I do that would further your kingdom? Quit wanting somebody else to make your journey. Think about this. This whole story, this whole thing, the wise men, they had to be obedient and go in motion. They had to ask, where is this king? They had to follow a star. They had to put their hand to it. They had to go after what they felt. They had to make the journey. We are in a society that everybody wants. You better make my journey. Bring my food to me. You know, we've been married 32 going on 33 years, and I've never expected her to wait on me with palm branches and grapes. Although that's a good idea, but I've never expected her to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clear up here. She can't reach me right now, so I'm safe. But we live in this age where, where it's almost like we've got young people that don't know what it's like to work and get an allowance. Come on, adults. It's okay to tell your kids and let them know the value of money. And throw your glasses on the ground. That's really good. I'll get those in just a second. God has a purpose for your life, and it's not just to survive. Jesus came so that we could be the light in a dark place. You know, uh, I'm going to read the Christmas story here in just a second. And the ushers are going to get ready and they're going to come and they're going to light the candles in the center aisle. And then you guys are going to pass that light. That's a little kind of a scriptural, spiritual parallel right there in itself. But if this whole room was dark and we lit one candle, 
everybody's attention would be on the one light. In a whole dark place, one light would shine bright. Where are you supposed to shine? What is your why? Ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? Because when you start doing what he wants you to do, man, something inside, it's cool. I mean, you just feel like fulfilled. You feel good. And you start seeking, Lord, show me how you want me to do that. And then he'll show you. When he told me to start TLC, I never started a church before. But he showed me how to do it. Then I had to put my hand to it. He got me in charge and, and, and with people that knew how to do more than I knew how to do. And to do all of what we've done here, my friends, I have a small part in this. I am helped so much by so many people. So I want you to hear what I'm trying to tell you today. I want you to ask, seek, and knock. God is just doing some good things in your heart. I can feel that. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes real quick. Father, I just pray right now as we are believing you for incredible move of your spirit just on hearts, that you would just be with those that are asking, those that are seeking, those that are knocking. It has been a privilege and an honor just to be able to share these elements with them. And so, God, as we are getting ready to talk about you and the reason you came. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's somebody here that says, Brett, Pastor, would you pray with me? I'd like to put Jesus number one in my life. I want you just to put your hand up. I won't embarrass you, I promise. Yes, anyone else? Yes. Somebody else? Yep, yep, I see it. You've come this far. This is going to be a great Christmas. Just a couple more seconds. Someone else. Maybe you need to just say, that's me, Brett. Would you pray with me? Now, when this whole service is concluded, when everything is done, we're going to have our prayer team up here. If you want more prayer, they're going to be up here just to help you and just believe with you and, and just thank God that you're in the family. So if that's something you need, and there's no pressure, you don't have to come up, but they're here just to help you. But let's say this prayer together. Everybody praying, dear Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Help me to follow you with all of my heart, all of my being, all of my strength. I'm going to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The ushers are going to light your candles. Just pass the light down.